The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Licinius was the tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding road shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, so last summer, our family road trip was to Glacier National Park. How many of you have ever been to Glacier National Park? Oh, quite a few of you. That's awesome. Those of you who have not had a chance to go, if you get the chance, go. It is magnificent. And so the center of this park has the famous Going to the Sun Road, which oftentimes isn't even opened up until late summer, kind of mid-July or so. And once it's finally cleared of all the snow, as you can see from the picture, I tell you, it is an absolutely steep, death-defying, cliff-hugging, twisting, turning road all the way up to Logan's Pass. Now, another area of the park that we got to explore is up in the north part of the park called Bowman Lake. And it, again, just gorgeous, gorgeous. But to get up to uh, Bowman Lake, you have to travel the roughest, rutted, potholed, worst road I think I have ever been on. Like, all the way up there. It took us probably an hour to go maybe something like 10 miles. It's terrible. Now, when you are on vacation and you want to get to these places and see these kinds of destinations, and of course, thank goodness we have the family truckster to get us there, but you do it because it's, it's just, it's worth it. It's worth it. But the point I want to make today is that God shouldn't have to work this hard to get to us. You know, sometimes we wonder, you know, is God listening? I, it just doesn't seem like I can get through to him. But today, let's reverse that And think about how God must feel when he's trying to get through to us. See, that's the point that John the Baptist is making as he's out there in the wilderness, calling all of us still to this day, calling us to repentance. God is trying to come to us. God is trying to get through to us. Jesus has come down from heaven because God is on a road trip to your heart. And so John fulfills Isaiah's prophecy. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways. Now this is not talking about the valleys and the mountains and the twists and the turns and the rough roads that life throws at us. The stuff that goes on all around us that we have no control over. No, it's it's not really saying that. This is within us. 
These are our attitudes, our outlook on life. John calls us to prepare for the Lord the fastest, smoothest, obstacle-free, superhighway directly to our hearts. Because, see, there are valleys in us. Each of these describes a spiritual condition. There's valleys in us. Now, as I talk about valleys, let me first say this. I am not talking about clinical depression, that kind of a valley. That's, that's a whole other thing where it's outside of our control and we need medical help for that. But where I'm talking about valleys, I mean the times when we get so discouraged, we kind of come to that point of despair. You get just so frustrated, you just want to give up. And what you do is end up turning inward. And you start feeling sorry for yourself. And you start moping around. And you become totally preoccupied with yourself. You're focused on your own misery. And you get stuck in that little valley. We don't think about anybody else because we think nobody else cares, and we certainly give up on the Lord, rather than instead crying out to the Lord. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. There's also mountains in us, which is the opposite, where we think way too highly of ourselves. We're cocky and arrogant. You are smarter and you know better than everyone else. You are more important. You deserve better than everybody else. Now, we probably wouldn't say that, but we think it, don't we? You think you're the pinnacle of all things. Everything, everybody around you exists to prop you up, even God. That's why he's here, right? He's here for me. And so then when things don't go your way, here's how you can tell when you are on the arrogant mountain. When things don't go your way, you don't just get a little bit irritated. You go into a rage because everybody's not doing what you want them to do. Mm. Well, as Proverbs 16, 18 says, very famously, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Because inevitably you drive off the cliff, crash and burn and failure. Instead of humbling yourself, lowering yourself, thinking less of yourself, about yourself, seeing the needs of others all around you and serving them and propping them up and remembering, you know what? (laughs) I've got nothing. I am completely, totally, utterly dependent on Jesus for everything. I'm not all that. James 4, 6 says this, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace. He gives grace to the humble. There's also crooked ways in us, the windy, curvy ways. It's when our thinking and our desires, our appetites, our cravings, our inclinations all become very disordered. They become twisted and warped and bent because we go after every pleasure we desire because we think that's what's going to make us happy. And that's what life's all about, right? Isn't it? I mean, make yourself happy. How do you make yourself happy? Well, avoid pain, pursue pleasure. So that's what we do. We find ourselves swerving back and forth, avoiding pain, chasing pleasure, until you get to the point where you just sort of spin out of control. Because you're not in control anymore. You're not in control. All those things you thought were going to make you happy, your addictions, your, your lust, your greed, your appetites, all of a sudden they're controlling you. And you find yourself miserable because you've become a crooked, twisted, warped, bent version 
of who you're made to be. Instead of praying this, Psalm 5, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness and make your way straight before me. And then finally, there's the rough places. And by rough, I don't just mean your minor imperfections. It's more like that road to Bowman Lake that I was telling you about. Just terrible and miserable. It's the rocky ruts inside of all of us. It's our bad habits and our attitudes that make us very difficult people to be around. Nobody wants to be around you. Things that could be like laziness and apathy. Or how about our rage, a violent temper, or our constant resistance and stubbornness to what God wants to do in us. Instead of Psalm 143, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level, smooth ground. Now let's be real. Everything I'm talking about here, if you want to make any changes, it's going to take really hard work. And you know what I think a lot of Christians want to do is they just, oh, oh, I repent. Oh, I repent, but they don't really repent. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. But they don't really want to change anything. Oh, I want a relationship with God. Absolutely. But I expect it to be on easy street and go in the direction that I want to go, and it better be on my schedule. Raising up valleys and cutting down mountains and straightening out what is crooked and smoothing out those ruts in our lives. Friends, it's really, really hard work. It's the work of repentance. And you've got to start by taking an honest look at what you'd rather ignore in yourself. You'd rather not deal with. But once we do, then we have to be dedicated. We have to pursue it with everything we've got. And we've got to be patient with ourselves. And we've got to just practice virtue instead. And we've got to endure. And then, of course, we need a whole lot of grace. But here's the point of Advent, friends. Jesus is on a road trip to you. And he wants to come to you. He's already proven that when he came down from the heights of heaven, down not only to the earth, but even into the very depths of hell. And when he took that bendy, twisty, rough road all the way to his cross, nothing can stop Jesus. Not even death. Nothing can stop Jesus except us. When we put up that roadblock, when we reject him, when we prevent him from entering into our hearts, and when we do that, he will not force himself on you. He doesn't do that. He respects your freedom if that's your choice. He won't force it. Few of us would probably do that. But here's the thing. Even if we, would outright, we don't outright reject him, these valleys and these mountains, these crooked and rough roads to our hearts still can oppose and resist and impede, impede his arrival to us. Or we can hear the call of John. And we can repent and we can be forgiven. And with his grace and his forgiveness and his help, we can prepare a way for the Lord so that he can speed down that highway, that superhighway, into the very depths of our hearts. And there's nothing in us that gets in the way. We're wide open to him. There's no doubt that all four of these terrains I've been talking about, they all need work, don't they? 
maybe reflect on them all a little bit later on, but what I'd like us to do this morning is take just a moment now, and I'd ask you to pick the one that most impedes his arrival into your heart right now. What's getting in the way and keeping you from having that deeper, more authentic relationship, that daily relationship with Jesus, the relationship that he wants to have with you, do you want it with him? And so I ask you, are you stuck in the valley feeling sorry for yourself? Are you perched up there high on that prideful mountain? Are you spinning out of control on that crooked road? Or are your rough ruts stubbornly resisting him? For now, what I'd ask you to do is just think about one of them and repent. Repent. Change with his grace right now. Make up your mind right now. I'm going to stop doing that. And with his grace, as you pray about it, Take maybe one of these verses here and let that that grace, receive that grace from him, that strength that only he can give and let him guide that way.